Hi, I'm Tony Mala, and welcome to the ASA Podcast, the program for automotive professionals that keeps you ahead of what's now, what's new, and what's next in the business of automotive service and collision repair. This podcast is brought to you by the Automotive Service Association, serving automotive service and collision repair professionals nationwide, providing one voice for your industry. And we'll be sharing information, insight, and inspiration that will not just help you make a living, it will help you make a difference. Hi, I'm talking today with Julie Massaro, the current executive director of our ASA Colorado affiliate and soon to be regional executive director of the new ASA Mountain region. Julie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tony. Good to see you. It's good to see you and congratulations on the new role. I think it's great. Thank you very much. It's going to be fun. Well, we wanted to talk a little bit about all the new regional executive directors. You're the first. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your history with ASA. Okay. I've been with ASA about, I think, six or seven years now. I have to look at my calendar. I've been with ASA Colorado the entire time. I really enjoyed it working with ASA Colorado. I came in from another trade association, the Underground Utility Contractors Association here in Colorado, and worked with them for many years. It's just been great. It's a wonderful group here and just great shops, great owners, wonderful people. Well, you had mentioned that other trade group. Tell us a little bit about your experience with trade associations. You've obviously worked for others, right? I have. I've had 20 some years of experience. We won't say exactly how many right (laughs) now in working with associations. I came many years ago. I started in the for-profit world and I worked for uh, Citicorp, Citibank, and then Stars Encore, the cable channel. So something very, very different. But when I left Stars Encore, I was offered a job through a headhunter with the AORN, which is the Association of Operating Room Nurses. And it's based here in Colorado. And uh, about 50, at the time, about 55,000 members. So it's a, it's a big, big group. Again, a wonderful group of people who serve us, you know, in such a, such a big way when we have surgeries. It was just wonderful. So I fell in love with the association world at that time. And I worked for three large associations here in Colorado, the operating room nurses, the American Waterworks Association, which has about 65,000 members, and then the Financial Planning Association, kind of going back to my Citibank, Citicorp roots. So I started with an MBA in marketing from University of Denver, go pioneers. <laughs> it's a great school and really prepared me well for, you know, for all of that in the process. So it's, it's been wonderful. I love working with associations. They are, you know, it's worthy work. You're doing something for a group of people, for the members, as opposed to just working to make a bottom line bigger, you know, type thing. Well, you certainly exemplify the qualifications that I know they were looking for. Thank you. And, you know, this was a move that was designed to evolve ASA into the 21st century. Many trade associations have been struggling for years with memberships, you know, taste change, cultural differences, generational differences. But this was seen as a way to modernize ASA's operations, et cetera. What do you see as your opportunity for growing in your region? How are you going to attract new members? Well, I think there's several ways. 
And you're absolutely right. We were due for a a kind of a makeover, like Mm -hmm. many associations and many organizations right now. I think the last year and a half, two years has kind of woken people up to the fact that we can't do business as usual anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we have been doing it for 20, 30 years. So I think our opportunities are really with the shops that we have not touched before. There are many out there, one to 200,000 that are not members currently of any association. We have a huge potential to go after those new shops. And then we also have the opportunity to speak to the younger population coming in because again, we're part of that baby boomer generation, you and I both. Yeah. And many of our members are owners of the shops and they're getting to a point where they really are going to have to start thinking about what do they do next and succession planning for their organization. If they don't already have it in place, you know, through a, a family legacy or something like that, but the younger generation coming in, is not tuned into associations like we were when we went to school. When I was an MBA, they said, you join the American Marketing Association, and that's what you do. You join the American Management Association, you do this, this, this. And that's not happening anymore Hmm. as you come out of school. And so the younger generation, and if you go to a, you know, a trade school or whatever, or if you learn, if you learn on the job, are not getting the value kind of indoctrinated into them about association life and and what it's like. And so I think we have a huge opportunity to go after the young professional in this marketplace and appeal to them with new benefits, new ways to access the information through virtual, through, you know, social media and that type of thing. Hmm. So you see your, one of your biggest opportunities, frankly, is the untapped market, if you want to think of it that way, of shops right now that really don't have any affiliations. Absolutely. And the generational shift, I couldn't agree more. I think we're undergoing the biggest change in, in generations in the history of the industry. Yeah. Do you see any specific opportunities within that group? Yes, I do. There are a lot of professionals that are right at that second in command level right now. Mm-hmm within our shops, our member shops. And so I have to believe that they're in the non-member shops too, obviously. And so I think if we can, if we can nurture and if we can provide opportunities, if we can provide legislative advocacy opportunities for them, because that's the other thing is this generation is really more into the advocacy and the community, giving back to the community and things like that than I think our generation was at the time. Yeah. So I think we can tap into all of those aspects. You know, you touch on a key point. ASA remains the only national association that has a Washington, D.C. office strictly representing the independent repair community. What sorts of benefits will ASA be offering under the new structure? We're under development on that right now and discussing what benefits would be best to offer. But as we go to our members and ask what kind of benefits they would like to see and that they need, you know, there are areas like insurance, things to do with their fleet operations side that they do. Mm -hmm. Of course, always discounts or additional discounts on parts and, and that type of thing. But I think really the main thing that at least my members that I experience 
are asking for right now is training and specific training in uh, electrical vehicles and what's coming next in the marketplace. So all of the other discounts and things like that, you know, you can kind of get those lots of different places, but if we can be on the cutting edge of the training and prepare the shops what's for what's coming next, and then offer them the things that they need at the best price, like growth health insurance. And then since we are the only ones that where our members pay and support the lobbying that takes place that changes the industry for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think those are powerful, you know, benefits that our members and our future members will just really want to buy into. You had mentioned the training is very important. And actually, again, with the move towards electrification and the ongoing advancement in automotive technology, it's tough to keep up these days. And I know a lot of shops, when we talk to them about, you know, how often do you send your people to training? It's tough to do, especially in some of the smaller locations, because they really can't afford to have their best technicians out for a week or so. Mm -hmm. We learned a lot during the pandemic experience. And I know one of the things that we found out was the value of, of sorts of virtual outreach and that sort of thing. Will you be leveraging that type of technology under the new system since you're dealing with a much larger area? Yes, absolutely. We will be doing a lot of virtual training throughout the country, I think, that everybody can tap into in in all of our regions. Mm -hmm. We probably will be doing a lot of, at least in the mountain region, a lot of hybrid. So there may be a live component to it, you know, kind of a training session coming to you live from Casper, Wyoming, and then it's it's virtual to the rest of the of the country or the region Mm. and things like that. So there might be, you know, some people there face-to-face and then we videotape it and, and send it out. Another thing that we need to leverage better, obviously, is our, is our social media. And mm-hmm. we can do live Facebook casts like you've done in the past at sure. different sessions that, you know, training sessions that we've been to. Because that's where people are going. They're going to YouTube and they're going to TikTok and they're going to Facebook to watch maybe a live presentation from uh, a shop in Washington or a shop in uh, Pennsylvania or something like that. So that's what we need to leverage. And in addition to my MBA, I also went and got a certificate in social media from University of California. And so I've tried to keep up with what's happening. It changes very quickly. But this last year, we've all gotten up to speed very quickly on, had to, on uh, all the virtual platforms and There's an amazing array of them out there that we can utilize. Well, I couldn't agree more. In fact, we're using one of them right now. The podcasting has certainly been growing in leaps and bounds. But you mentioned another interesting thing. So you're actually developing some new skill sets these days to deal with the changes. Absolutely. You have to because it is changing so fast. My kids get a kick out of me because I, you know, go to Starbucks through the drive-thru and pay with my Apple watch. And they're like, Ooh, that's pretty cool. (laughs) You did it. You did such a good job there. And it's like, you have to stay up on the the latest technology. What's going to make you faster, quicker, better being able to respond quickly, because that's the key. And that's our goal. I think with a lot of this, the change to the organization is how can we respond quicker to the marketplace and to our members and get in there, get in with Congress, with local legislative 
people at our state level and how can we move and shake you know what what they're talking about and what's taking place there well you know we've been telling our members for years you need to learn to communicate with your customers the way they want to be communicated with you know whether that's texting or as you say social media email whatever I remember back in the day, I'm probably dating myself when fax machines were all the rage, you know, it was a great new way to, to uh, communicate with, with customers. But it seems that the main thrust of what we're doing essentially is to evolve. And, and in what ways do you see this new direction helping ASA evolve as a national association? Well, I think just getting out there and getting a bigger footprint in the U.S. and in terms of getting, we're, we're one of the best kept secrets around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been starting to research my new region and getting up into, you know, Wyoming, South Dakota, North Dakota, and all those folks. And we have a good number of members up there, Oh yeah, but they're not getting the richness of the ASA experience because they're not experiencing everything that we have to offer. And so that's going to be the I think the fun part is pulling people together and it's the networking and it's the camaraderie that I see that comes out of our board meetings and our monthly meetings. When we do collect in the various states or cities or whatever, that is the power or at a national conference or at a, a regional conference, or we have our summit coming up towards the end of January. And, you know, we'll have 400 people that come together in this area. And some of them come from, you know, my other states, surrounding states and that type of thing. But they come together for two days and they have a, a marvelous time of exchanging ideas and, and stories and looking at new products. And that's where the power is. Power is still, I think, in the face-to-face, -face, but we will be close to that with many of these areas with more virtual and more uh, gathering locally. Well, you know, it's always been about sharing information and ideas with your peers. I think that's the main purpose of, of belonging to any organization is that camaraderie that comes out of it. And you're right. That's been a hallmark of ASA. I know they've always been very supportive of each other as much as they have in the industry. And I think that's one of the things that will continue regardless of the structure that the organization has. Absolutely. But you said one other important thing, I think, and that is you're going to be continuing with the summit, the Colorado summit, which is one of the regional events that we have. And I assume that'll be true across the association as well. So those are regional events that are going to continue. Is that correct? Yes. What we're going to do is we're going to take the kind of the best of the best and recreate them around the country in other markets and other cities. Oh. So you may see the ASA Colorado Summit, the mountain region happens to happen in Denver, but then you may see the summit in Arizona. You may mm -hmm. see the summit in Florida, you know? So I think those are the things, and we have some other events that some of the other affiliates have done in the past that are, are tremendously successful in their regions or their area. And we're gonna try to replicate those, yeah. like a Daytona race day and things like that. So. It'll be fun. It sounds like there's a lot to look forward to. And we're definitely excited about, again, the new direction for the organization and to have individuals like yourself that are going to be leading us there. So mm -hmm. again, Julie, congratulations. Thank you so much. And it's good to talk to you today. It's always great. We've been talking with Julie Massaro, the current executive director of ASA affiliate in Colorado and soon to be 
as of January 1st, the Regional Executive Director of ASA's New Mountain Region. Again, Julie, it's been great. Thanks for your time today, and we'll look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you're brand new to the ASA podcast or if you've been here before, I encourage you to subscribe so you won't miss some of the great things we have coming up in our future episodes. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and you'll be good to go. If you enjoy our podcast and find our content valuable, make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening to this. And if you're an automotive service facility shop owner listening to this podcast and you'd like to know more about ASA, I invite you to visit our website at asashop.org. I'm Tony Mala, and thanks for listening.